you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you're in the right place. This is the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Fry. Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we are going to talk about one of my favorite things, which is feelings. We have had some big feelings happening in our house. And part of it is it was just homecoming weekend. We're a little further into the school year. So we have tests and quizzes and sort of the first round of some of those things that happen at the beginning of the school year. We also have some changes happening. And I'll be honest, it's not just the kids, but it's also me having some big feelings and big emotions. So I want to talk a little bit about this because my husband and I were talking And he said, I just don't know what to do with those big feelings when they come up. And I thought it's so interesting, right? Because that happens at home. And it also happens in the workplace when our team members or our colleagues have some big feelings and some big emotions, and we don't always know what to do. And that makes sense because especially in the workplace, feelings are not something that we talk about on a regular basis. And I always think of that Tom Hanks quote, remember the movie, um, A League of Their Own, where he's like, there's no crying in baseball. It's such a common thing for the workplace. Like there's no crying at work. But the truth is we're humans and we have feelings and we have emotions. And the more that we try to suppress them, push them away, very often the bigger they get. So as leaders, if we can get skilled at helping other people through their emotions, we can actually do some teaching. We can make some changes to our workplace culture and we can make it a safe place. Now, I'm not suggesting that everyone sits in their offices or in their cubes and cries all day. That is not what I'm saying here. But when the big emotions come up due to change, due to um, new processes, due to maybe having new coworkers, right? All of these different things that we see in our workplaces, which for most of us can be fairly unstable, a little unsettling. The only thing that's constant is change. So let's first talk about big emotions. What exactly am I referring to? So when I'm talking about big feelings, if you consider like a scale of one to 10, a big feeling is like an eight, a nine, a 10. It's a a feeling that feels sort of more on the extreme side. So for example, sad might be like a five, six, or a seven on that one to 10 scale, but like grief might feel like a nine or a 10. Upset might be a three, four, or five, but anger might be a nine or a 10. Scared, unsettled might be a four, five, or six, but fear might be a nine or a 10. And it doesn't have to just be a negative emotion or an uncomfortable emotion. Joy might be a 10, right? But when we have those big emotions, most people don't really know what to do with them. So we tend to act them out, um, which might look like crying or it might look like yelling or getting upset. Very often, the difference between big emotions and kind of our regular feelings that we experience throughout the day is that a big emotion is going to have sort of a sudden reaction. Like all of a sudden, it feels explosive. All of a sudden, I feel like I just want to burst into tears. So we just want to pay attention to that, not just for other people, but really it always starts with ourselves, right? As leaders, we go first. So we have to make sure that we're starting to tune into our own emotions 
and, and regulate ourselves. So we recognize that there's a big emotion. When it comes up in myself, the first thing I want to do is acknowledge it. And then I can start to drop into my body and regulate my nervous system. And what that very often looks like is simply breathing, simply acknowledging what those sensations are. So for me, it might sound like taking that breath and recognizing like this isn't just sadness that I'm feeling. This is rejection or this is grief. And here's how it feels in my body. I can feel the like pit in my stomach or I can feel the lump in my throat. Sometimes with some of my big feelings, I can feel like a a temperature change, like a heat that comes with feeling embarrassed. So I'm just noticing those sensations and I'm allowing them to be there. Now, sometimes it comes with that outward, that external um, emotion, like that outward expression, right? Like crying or yelling or screaming, or sometimes it helps to like dance or move your body. And none of those things are wrong, but where we want to make sure we're being careful is that we're recognizing that we are doing this in a way that is not harmful or destructive. And what I mean by that is it's very easy, especially in a big emotion like anger, to take it out on someone else. And for sure, for me, this can be a pattern that I really need to watch for. So I want to yell or scream or run or move my body, but I want to make sure I'm not doing it at the expense of someone else. Listen, we've all probably probably been in those meetings where someone has overreacted to a comment or someone has gotten upset about the direction that a meeting was going and maybe they slam their hand down or they raise their voice. As leaders, we want to have a little bit more authority over our emotions than reacting in that way. So breathing, acknowledging, noticing what's going on so that we are not taking it out on other people. Okay, so that's for us. Now, one of the things that people often talk about is that they're afraid if they acknowledge the emotion that they will stay there. And that generally is not the case. It doesn't mean that it won't come back, but generally when we allow that emotion to be expressed, to be felt, it actually will diminish. The intensity will decrease. So I do want to offer that. Okay, so someone around you, your child, your spouse, your partner, your boss, your colleague, They have a big emotion. And the first thing I want to tell you is that you don't actually have to do anything with the big emotion. And it's super common to think that because as leaders, that's what we do. We solve problems. We do things. We move into action. But the truth is we can't actually solve for another person's feelings. That's really on them, right? But what we can do is provide a safe space. So we have two things that we can do. Number one is we can regulate our own emotions so that their nervous system will start to feel relaxed in our presence. Have you ever noticed how um, when someone gets upset, and again, this could be a toddler, a partner, a friend, a coworker, and they start getting amped up, they start getting those big emotions, and we start reacting to it. Our heart races. We start getting stressed or anxious or worried we respond to their nervous system. But if instead of responding, if we can sort of catch it, take a deep breath, slow down our own heart rate, and just be present, we can actually help their nervous system regulate. It's super fascinating the impact that we have on one another. So that's the first thing. Take that breath and I can stay calm. I can stay in a place 
where I don't need to be agitated or frustrated or angry, right? That is not my emotion to hold. That is someone else's emotion. And I'm going to let them hold theirs while I protect my peace. And at the same time, I can also help bring that person back into a state where they can be a little bit more present with themselves. The second thing that we can do is what's called holding space. I feel like that's one of those terms that we hear a lot about recently, this idea of holding space. But what does that exactly mean? And holding space is simply showing up for someone in a non-judgmental way. You are sitting with that person. It's like, even if we're not necessarily together, maybe we're on the phone or we're texting or we're in two different cubicles, but it's the feeling like someone is sitting right next to me on the couch and they are just witnessing what's going on for me. I'm not solving. I'm not giving suggestions. I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not telling them you're wrong. I'm not saying stop crying. I am simply witnessing this person's experience from a non-judgmental space. And when I'm in that space, it helps it helps just make you feel so seen and so loved. And 100% there are people who are very skilled at this and we've been trained at it, right? Like therapists and coaches. And it's also a skill that every person can learn how to do. So it's regulating ourselves first. And then creating the space where the other person can be seen and heard and held. And I mean like figuratively held, not actually holding your coworker, right? So listening, that's kind of the first skill that we can, that we can use when we're holding space. We're just listening to the story. And when I'm listening, I am not thinking of the next thing I'm going to say. I am simply witnessing the experience of this person. We also want to make sure that we're not going into fix it and solve it mode. And I want to recognize it is difficult to watch another human suffer. That's why there's so many helicopter parents in the world. That's why there's so many bosses who are like, "Um, you know what? I'll just take the project. I'll just finish it up. Because it is very painful to watch someone else suffer, especially when you see that they are causing it themselves. I struggle with this one with my children when they are struggling in a friendship or they're struggling with studying for a test or a quiz. It is hard to watch that. And yet, it's really not something I can solve. I cannot solve someone else's feelings, but I can hold space. I can allow them to explain and their own brains and their own experience. And I am just here. So we don't need to solve. There is nothing broken. There is nothing that needs to be fixed. Now, later in the conversation, if the person asks for advice or help or tips, that's a little bit of a different story. But when, when we're in the middle of a big feeling, in the middle of a big emotion, it's really just turning those ears on and keeping our mouths shut. Part of this is that non-judgment piece. If you've ever been around someone and you just kind of felt that yucky feeling like they are totally judging me, they think I'm wrong for having this feeling, they think what I'm doing is wrong, they think I'm silly, it doesn't feel good. And that is not holding space. Holding space is about keeping that person and holding them in the highest regard. It's believing that they have their own way out of this problem 
and just being there and, and being present for them. So for example, when I am with a colleague who's having a hard time, maybe they're super frustrated, something that they thought would work is not only taking longer, but it's also maybe they're having a hard time, it's not working, all the things. And it's like, I can just be present for that person because I'm not here to solve. There's nothing for me to do. There is no action to take other than to be fully present in that moment. And it's such a beautiful way to connect with another human. When I know that this person is going to be able to figure it out, when I just hold them in such high regard. And sometimes they'll even have thoughts like, gosh, if I was thinking in this way, if this was how I was telling the story, I would feel angry, frustrated, agitated, sad. I would feel those things too. I can understand with such humanity and compassion the story of someone else. So we want to maintain that positive regard and uphold that person in such a loving way. And then because it is uncomfortable to watch someone else suffer, we also want to hold that space and compassion for ourselves. And what that means is we are experiencing that person's sadness, agitation, grief. We just don't want to hold on to it. So if you feel your own heart rate going up, if you feel your own response or reaction, we're just going to like gently give that back. Like it's so human of me to want to take this on and I'm just not going to. It's just not mine. It's not mine to hold today. And so I can be so kind and loving, not just to myself, but also to the person that I'm with. And if we can get really good at this idea of holding space, it allows us to be set free of holding other people's problems to solve as our own. And it's so liberating for the person who's coming to us with those big feelings because it is amazing to experience 100% acceptance. And that is really what it's about. It's this non-judgmental acceptance from a place of complete like trust and a that the person has the authority to get themselves out of this situation. So I would love for you to try this at work and your families. Let me know what you think. I also want to suggest a book and it's called The Art of Holding Space and it's by Heather Plett. It's a beautiful book. So I highly recommend it. I'll link link it in the show notes and I will see you next week. Hey, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram at jen.fry.coaching where we share more tips, more personal stories, and continue our journey to think on purpose. And if you liked today's episode, click those three dots and share it with a friend.